Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and this is the second time I'm recording this because I'm a dumbass and I didn't realize that my mic was turned off for the entire (laughs) first episode of this. But I have some good news, which I already told you about seconds ago before I have to do all of this again, um, is I get a week off and I'm really excited about having a week off. I've talked about this before, but you know, my job is very unique and where I don't have a traditional nine to five, I am constantly connected to my phone, looking up research or trying to stay up to date on, you know, all of the sports that are going on because you have to do that to be the first one to react on Twitter. And then looking at Instagram and TikTok, coming up with new trends or ideas. And then you have YouTube and there's always something going on. And you always feel this sense of urgency that you have to be one of the first people to talk about it, comment on it. And that can be, it's exciting uh, because it's very fast paced, but it's also very overwhelming at times. And I constantly feel just like overstimulated by looking at my phone and being connected to my phone. So I'm excited to put my phone down for a little bit and just maybe find some hobbies. I realized that I don't have any hobbies. And I touched on this last week in the episode where I've started to do like this health and wellness journey and I've started therapy and it's all been really great and helpful. And throughout all of this, you know, self-discovery, I've realized that my, the only thing I have in my life is work and my dog. <laughs> and I don't have time for even like family or friends or things that matter because I'm so focused on what I do for work. And that's great because I'm so passionate about what I do, 
but you're going to burn out if you do that and you don't have any hobbies. And so this week that I have off, I'm going to try to get a hobby and I will report back to you guys (laughs) with what I find. And it might just be that I love binge watching different shows on Netflix and that could be my new hobby, which I'm already somewhat successful in. I watched a lot of shows during quarantine and I might just do that and veg out because that is also great as well too. I don't need to always feel this need to be going all the time. And maybe the best thing for me is just to like sit and watch, you know, trashy reality TV and eat my crumble cookies, which I have another really amazing week. <laughs> if you listened to my episode last week, I'm obsessed with crumble cookies and I'm trying not to get them every single week because again, I'm on this health wellness journey and um, eating five cookies in one sitting is not a part of that plan. So <laughs> I digress. Uh, but I'm trying to better myself this week and uh, just connect from my phone. And I think that's going to be really great because I have a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, football season is coming. I'm so excited for college football and NFL to start. I seriously cannot wait. I love football season. I love just everything about it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And we have some really fun content plans in the works with PointsBet, which I think you guys will be really excited to see. We did a ton of really fun uh, Olympic content. So if you haven't seen that, go to PointsBet USA Instagram account. I attempted to learn uh, tennis and trying to be the world record in the 100 meter sprint and a new video that'll be out pretty soon. So I don't want to spoil that for you guys, but it was fun to try different sports and something I, I want to continue doing with my content uh, because you guys seem to really enjoy it. And I enjoyed it too. I'm really trying to do different types of content. And that was something that I discovered that I really like doing. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty athletic person, but then when you try to compare it to Olympic athletes, the difference between <laughs> like a, an athletic person and a freak of nature is incredible to see. And it, it was fun to discover that as well. Because one of my pet peeves is that when ex-athletes or people try to get into golf and they think it's going to be so easy and then they discover how hard it is or the the difference between a really good golfer and a professional golfer, it, it's massive. And, you know, I kind of went through that myself with, you know, even sprinting. You know, it's like you think about it and you're like, how hard is it to run quickly, you know, like how much talent or effort does it take? And it's like, you're just running. If you're like an athletic person, you can just run, but nope, (laughs) no, no, no. Uh, It's definitely very difficult, very difficult. And so I've been enjoying watching the Olympics and (laughs) we have a lot, a lot to talk about with the Olympics from Simone Biles to the two high jumpers who split gold, to golf in the Olympics. And I'm going to get into all of that right after this break. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. And we are back. Let's first get into golf in the Olympics. As you guys know, I'm very passionate about how much I hate the format. I despise the format for golf in the Olympics because it's like you have an opportunity to do something different. And a lot of other sports, although they have maybe like one competition where it is traditional or what they do, they do something, you know, different for uh, another medal or another part of the competition. So I was watching uh, judo and they did the one-on-one and then they did this team mixed event, which was really awesome and so cool. And it was the first time they did that. Then you have the three-on-three for basketball or, you know, the medleys for swimming. There's always, you know, they kind of mixing it up a little bit. So it's not just the same thing over and over again. So I am frustrated that they just chose to do stroke play and that's fine. And I think that maybe they could do two day stroke play. Just hear me out. Hear me out, because I know you're going to disagree. But what if, instead of the four-day stroke play, they did a two-day stroke play, and then they did a mixed team event, or they did um, a match play or something, but it's like it could end up still being the four days, but it's two days of one thing and two days of another thing, and that's why they'd be giving out more medals too, which I think is cool. Um, But I'm really loving the idea of like a mixed team event. I think that would be so awesome and a way to not only showcase golf on the Olympic stage, but also women, uh, female golfers on the Olympic stage. I think that when we talk about growing the game of golf, a big part that's missing is um, female representation in golf. And we talk about uh, getting LPGA golfers, um, more 
uh, TV time and endorsements and getting their face out there. And this would be a really great way to, I think, start that process. And, you know, we can have a very long discussion on it's kind of like the chicken and the egg, like what comes first. And I, that what's, that's what's happening with, you know, LPGA golf. Do you give them more TV time and then they'll become more popular or do they have to become more popular to then give them TV time? And that's a very interesting discussion. And I think I want to have it later on maybe with a, I'd love to have a female guest on to have this discussion with, because it's, it's difficult to just have a interesting discussion when it's just me by myself talking about this. And I feel like this is a, a very highly discussed topic with a lot of people having very different viewpoints. And I would actually love to have um, multiple people on to discuss this because I don't know what the solution is or how we go about it. But all I do know is that they do deserve more recognition. And how do we do that? So I think that's always like the big question. And if we figured it out by now, then it wouldn't be an issue and we haven't. So obviously it's still a problem, not just with uh, women's golf, but with all women's sports. And how do you kind of grow women's athletics and getting more kids involved at a younger age and having it still be cool and having them want to continue on and then getting scholarships into college and then continue on professionally. And I I just think that's, you know, um, a big discussion that we should have at some point. And I want to bring on some really cool guests to be able to have that. But back to men's golf and Again, I hate the format, but one thing I really loved is that normally everyone's just playing for first place. And one thing that made this tournament very exciting, I will say it was a very exciting tournament. I didn't really, I wasn't invested in the first two days, but uh, Saturday and Sunday, I stayed up very late uh, Saturday night watching their final round. And it was so, it was just so, incredible because you had so many different storylines. Obviously, Rory Sabatini winning silver, almost almost getting into a playoff with Xander Schauffele. Congratulations to Xander Schauffele for winning gold. We all know his story where his dad was trying to go to the Olympics, got in a really bad car accident and wasn't able to compete. And so Xander dedicated his gold medal to his father. Very touching. Also, Xander Schauffele having a reputation of choking in big moments and him finally getting it done. And I think that this is going to be a big hurdle for him. This was a big hurdle for him and he was able to accomplish it and be successful and win. And I think that's going to give him a ton of confidence moving forward. And I think he's, he's going to win a lot. He's going to win a lot. And I know I joked about in the past of, you know, him choking and it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch a player in that situation and not have them be successful and continue to do it over and over and over again. And it's not that he really won this round and, you know, blew everyone away. He should have won by a lot more. Um, He sliced his drive on that par five, ended up having to hit a provisional. They luckily found the ball, which I think changed the entire outcome of the tournament. And we talk about this in golf a ton where it's the rub of the green, getting lucky and getting those lucky breaks. And yes, you have to be playing well, but you have to get those lucky breaks too. And I think if they didn't find the ball, he probably ended up would have made making like a double or even a triple. And that would have killed all the momentum for him. And I think finding that ball, getting up and down, making his bogey was huge for him. 
And but then you had on the 18th hole, so he birdied number 17, made a good putt there, got to 18, and he was one shot ahead of Roy Sabatini. And again, he blocks his drive into the right trees, has to chip out. He has a wedge shot in. There's water in front of the green, hits it to about three feet, drains the putt. So again, it wasn't a very (laughs) easy par for him or an easy win, but he fought through it and he got through it. Most importantly, ended up getting that win. And I think that's going to be a huge confidence booster, but I did not think he was, I didn't have much confidence in him to like get it done, but it just shows you again, this is what I preach all the time. You need to have an amazing short game. Short game saves you so much. Xander hit two incredible wedge shots and had pretty easy putts for um, to save his bogey and then to make his par. If he didn't hit those wedge shots, yes, you can play it on the drive, but having a good short game and being lights out from 100 and in is going to save you so much, so much. So always remember that. Practice your short game and wedges as much as you can because it makes a massive difference, and we saw that with Xander in the Olympics. But then what was really cool, it's like normally uh, for every other tournament you have the winner, great, that's fine. But then we had a playoff for bronze and everyone was still fighting it out for the medals. And so I felt like the final round was so competitive because even though they knew they might not win the gold medal or even the silver medal, they were still fighting for that bronze medal. And, you know, for example, like Roy McIlroy being in it, he lost By golf standards, he didn't win the tournament, but he still was playing so hard and trying to win that bronze medal. And I think Rory's attitude switching over from he said that he didn't really care about, you know, the Olympics or representing Ireland. He doesn't have much, you know, he's not very patriotic towards Ireland. Um, But once he got there at the Olympics and he started competing, he realized how incredible that atmosphere is and seeing the other athletes. And it meant so much to him to win a medal. And hopefully that will switch the attitude over for a lot of other guys for the next Olympics, where it's not just going to go like there's actually a reason and purpose and a a bigger meaning behind the Olympics. And I've said this before too, where I feel like with the golfers not being enthusiastic about the Olympics. It's a real slap in the face to all of the other athletes who are there competing. And this is their one opportunity to, I mean, (laughs) not even just win a medal, but just to compete at the Olympics is a massive accomplishment for so many people. And then to hear these golfers be like, well, you know, it's whatever. I don't really care. That's so disrespectful, so disrespectful. And it's like, understand your privilege. Yes, you have, you know, all of these other opportunities with different tournaments and majors and you make a ton of money and like this might not be a big deal to you, but this is a huge deal for so many countries and so many people. And for you to just kind of not care about it is a huge slap in the face. And so it was really positive to see Rory's attitude change and have him be invested into it. And it was fun to watch that playoff. And yes, like I said, they didn't wasn't for gold, but you could still see how much it meant to them. And I think this was a huge step in the right direction for golf in the Olympics where I was not a fan about, I wasn't a fan about it at all. And I I just didn't really 
I didn't like the format. I didn't like how um, the golfers were treating it. It just just didn't seem very genuine. And this one, this time it, it did. And even last time too, when they won the medals, you could see how much it meant to them. But I just wish they had the attitude going in instead of like having to experience it and then they get it. But I'm just being picky. Um, it was a really, really great golf tournament. I think it was awesome to watch that final round, not knowing who was going to win and then the playoff and then Xander pulling it out. It was so much fun to watch. I mean, all of the tournaments this year, I keep saying this, but all of the tournaments this year have been really exciting in their own way. There's always been something a little bit different with like a first time winner or a long shot winning or, you know, a good, really good feel good story. Every tournament, there's been something exciting, tons of playoffs, and it's been a good year for golf, a really good year for golf. And the Olympics were added to that for sure. I do want to talk about two big controversies that have been going on on social media around the world. So the first one and I feel very strongly about this. <laughs> so the first one is Simone Biles. So the uh, United States women ended up winning silver medal in the team competition. Simone Biles withdrew after her first event, which was vault. And she said that um, she didn't feel comfortable and she didn't feel good. And a lot of people, she said she quit not because of an injury, but for mental health reasons. The attacks on Simone Biles after that were insane, calling her a quitter, that she gave up on her country. She gave up on the girls. She gave up on, you know, the organization. I mean, the most vile attacks you could possibly, possibly imagine. I have never been so upset to see the comments and the reactions towards an athlete or really anyone before. I have not seen anything like this towards an athlete. It was, it crossed the line from giving an opinion to just being a, a, a vile, a personal attack on Simone Biles. And I know a lot of you probably feel that she did quit, but I want to give you another perspective as a ex-competitive gymnast. So I did gymnastics at a very high level and she, Simone said that she got the twisties. So the twisties to put in golf terms are basically the yips. So you get to a point and I had them in my career too, and it was very scary. So instead of doing a double back, I would add a half twist to it and I would then do a completely different skill or I could do a triple full, but I could never do a full twist. And I would, if I would go and try to attempt a full twist, my brain and my body were not connected. And so I could do the triple fine, but I could never slow my body down. I didn't know where I was. I had no feeling of where I am in the air. There was no body brain connection at all. And so when I would try to attempt the full twist, I would land on my shoulder. I landed on my head once. I landed on my face because I had no idea where I was in the air. And so that happened to Simone. And so I think one of the, not the worst things, but I think 
she didn't fully explain that right away. And so she said that she just didn't feel good. And so a lot of people thought that she was weak because she quit because she had a poor performance on the vault. So when you look at the vault that she did in the team finals, she did a one and a half twist. Simone Biles normally does a two and a half twist on vault. She did it in the warm up. So if you go back and you watch her warm up, she did a one and a half twist. Her intention was to do a two and a half twist. And so when she landed, you could see she looked pretty frazzled. So she got lost in the air. She didn't know where she was and she still competed. Once you touch the event, whatever it may be, so the floor, beam, bars, or vault, if you start the warm up, you have to compete. So for a lot of people saying that she should have pulled out and gave another girl an opportunity, she already started. And the team format is three up, three count, which is very difficult. In past Olympics, it has been, you know, four up, three count, or not every score is counted. So you can have mistakes here and there, but the three up, three count means that you can have no mistakes. And so Simone Viles competed because she had to compete. Uh, You can't just take a zero. That would have been horrible. They would have lost. I don't even know if they would have even gotten a bronze if they took a zero as a score. So Simone had to go in and she had to complete her vault. So when it was time to compete, she ended up doing again, the one and a half instead of the two and a half twist. When she lands, you can see how her head was looking to the right side and she was very disoriented. She lost herself in the air again. I'll reiterate. It's like the yips in golf. If you've ever had the yips in golf, you go back and you're body freezes up and you don't have that mind-body connection. I'm going to keep saying that because you, in your mind, you know what you should be doing, but your body isn't doing it. So have you ever been blacked out drunk and you have no idea like what you're doing, but your body is doing all of these things and you wake up the next morning and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Imagine twisting through the air or like not knowing what your body's doing. It's, it's, such a scary feeling and it's hard to describe unless you have done it yourself. And so when people were saying that Simone is not the goat anymore, you can't compare it to other sports or other athletes or what other people have been through. When people are saying, well, Tiger Woods competed on a broken leg. Simone has also competed through injuries. This is not uh, like she didn't do well. So she quit or she was injured. So she quit. She had no idea where she was in the air. And that is extremely dangerous. And she kept withdrawing from the all around and other team events or individual events because she showed a clip of her training and she's supposed to do a double double off of the bars, which is two flips, two twists. And she was getting lost and she was only doing a one and a half or a half and landing on her back. So the fact that she was able to compete that vault, do a one and a half and still find her feet was a miracle. A miracle. And I and I hate when people were saying that Simone quit. Simone has won over 35 medals for our country. 27 gold. I think it was like five silvers, four bronze. And that was all through USA Gymnastics letting her down through emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Simone came back to this Olympics. After being sexually abused by Larry Nassar, if you don't know that story, go look it up right now because a lot of people are forgetting that chunk 
of this, and this is a that's a huge part of the story. That was the reason why Simone came back. She came back to compete because she wanted to be a voice in USA Gymnastics to see change, to um, be the change for these young girls coming up in the sport. And so she did this not because she wanted more medals. She already she's already the go. Like she has already won so much. She's doing things in the sport that no one else can even do. And she came back to make a difference. So the one time that she quit, and it was because she was scared literally for her own life and her own safety and to protect the team. She knew that if she stepped away because she was scared of what could possibly happen if she kept falling on every single event, that it would cost the women the gold medal or even any medal. And so it was a very selfless act. And so many people are jumping on her with not having any facts or looking into the situation. You don't have to always respond or have an opinion on something when you don't know all of the facts. And even if you're still listening and you disagree with what I'm saying, that's fine. But I just want to give you guys another angle or um, another side to it and some of the background information to then help you create a different opinion. Or even if you have the same one, that's fine. But as someone who was a gymnast and had the twisties, it is terrifying. It is so incredibly terrifying. And you don't understand it unless you've been through it. And it's hard to relate. And I get that. And I can see why people could probably say that she just quit. But you have to also see it from a different side. The argument that she's not the GOAT anymore and Michael Jordan, he won a championship having the flu. Oh my, this isn't even comparable. This is apples and oranges. Michael Jordan was sick and he had a whole team there. Simone Biles on floor, she does a triple twisting double back. She does three twists with two flips. Most girls only do three twists. Simone Biles has had two fucking flips to that. I, I, You guys don't understand how difficult these skills are that she is competing to the point that the judges underscore her because it is so dangerous what she's doing. This is not a comparison to any other athletes, uh, to Michael Phelps, to Michael Jordan, to Tiger Woods, to any of the GOATs. This is not comparable and you need to see it differently. You really do. And like I said, the the attacks on Simone Biles was disgusting. And everyone who said something horrible about Simone owes her a massive apology. A massive apology. Were those guys competing while being sexually assaulted by their, their trainer? I don't know. Probably not. Were they being physically and emotionally abused? Were they, I mean, you got to think about all of these things that Simone has been competing through and for, to call her weak. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you actually fucking kidding me? She is not weak. She is so incredibly strong. She's an amazing role model. And I hate this discussion around mental health now being negative. 
You wonder why people don't come out and talk about mental health? Well, it's probably because of this fucking reason right here where everyone calls you weak and not okay. But then when something happens to someone and they come out and say, I was not okay. And people are like, oh, I had no idea. I wish I could have known so I would have helped them. These athletes are now coming out and saying they are not okay. And they're competing under tremendous stress and pressure that we will never ever understand and then for you to belittle their feelings but if they never come out and something happens and then you change your whole tune on it that's not okay like you can't do that you can't say that this is not a generation of people who are being weak I think it it takes a lot of strength to come out and say you're not okay I wish when I was going through all of my problems when I first started my career that instead of people saying you have to push on and you have to keep doing this, that someone said, you know what, this isn't okay. You need a break or you need help. When I went to Dubai and I competed and that LET event there, and I had a full on mental breakdown because I was put in a situation where I didn't have any of the tools to be able to handle it. And at that age, I was still, you know, I 23, I was very young at the time. And I all of a sudden went from having a very normal life to having a microscope on me and having all of this hate and pressure and expectations and doing press conferences and talking to people and everyone analyzing everything you say. It it was exhausting and I cracked. I literally cracked and had a full-blown mental breakdown. And my thought process was the only way out of this is to kill myself. And luckily I didn't do anything. My sister was there. We talked through it. Um, we had to like phone a therapist from like Dubai. (laughs) And, um, but in that moment, I think a lot of people saw that I was not okay, but there was, I was so scared to quit. I was so scared to not do it. I was so scared of what would happen if I said no. And I think it's great that these athletes are stepping up for themselves again. Okay. You probably don't understand it. I Sometimes I don't even understand it. I didn't understand it with the Naomi Osaka situation in the very beginning. I was critical of her, which I then apologized for and learned that what I was saying was very ignorant. And I'm still so sorry about that. But I think we need to have more of an open mind when it comes to mental health discussions and what these athletes are going through and what they're dealing with and the pressure that they have. And Yes, of course, they're making millions and millions of dollars, and it's hard to look at someone who has such a cushy life or seems to have everything at their fingertips. But, you know, mental health doesn't discriminate. And, you know, just because they have all those things does not mean that they're immune to suffering or sadness or depression or whatever it may be. And you see that with a lot of actors and artists and uh, creative minds and athletes as well. Being extraordinary is difficult and it's easy to judge. It's easy to say what's going on with these athletes when you think your life is so much harder. But again, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Always remember that. But that whole Simone Biles thing really riled me up. And as you can tell, it's still very frustrating for me because of just the the aggression towards Simone, I feel was uncalled for. When a lot of people don't understand gymnastics, they don't they didn't try to understand what she was talking about and they didn't really care. And I hated that. And another storyline, too, is there were two high jumpers and 
they both missed their final attempt and they were usually you can go back. And if someone had a miss earlier on, then that would decide who would get the gold and who would get the silver. But everything was exactly similar. Everything was the same. And so they couldn't decide on what they were going to do to determine who was going to get the gold and who was going to get the silver. So one of the athletes said, can we share it? And the official said yes. So they ended up giving out two gold medals to the high jumpers. And the outrage from people was incredible. I mean, saying like, are we just giving out participation trophies now? And um, I want to see a competition. You could see how much it meant to both of them to win gold. And I thought it was a very sportsmanlike act. Act And it actually made me very emotional watching it because you could see how much it meant to both of them. (sighs) I don't see it as a participation trophy. I don't see, I don't see that at the core of athletics is sportsmanship. It's a, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. And I think we lose all of that with the competition and they were still competing. They competed until the very, very end, the very end. And there was no way to determine who was going to get the gold. And so they split it. What's so, what's so bad about that? It's not like this is going to happen all the time or this could ever happen again. It was a very weird occurrence. And they decided that that was what they wanted to do. And I, I think that's fine. That is fine. I'm just so sick of people using these like people are weak now and participation trophies. Like, yeah, if you feel that way, that's fine, whatever. But it doesn't always apply to every single situation. For this, it was an incredible act of sportsmanship. I liked what they did. It's a, a one-time occurrence. It just so happened to uh, happen this way. And it's probably never going to happen again. So who cares? Enjoy it. I, I, I just think that people get so worked. I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I'm like, I hate people who get worked up as I'm getting worked up talking about this. I understand how these issues can be very polarizing and how they can get people worked up. I guess what I'm trying to say is if you do get worked up, try to see both sides of it. And it's very hard for me, obviously, right now to see both sides of it because this is just my opinion and me talking. And I don't have someone else um, discussing why they feel the way they do. But if that were to happen, I would try to see their point of view. I would try to open my mind and understand where they're coming from. And I think that is what's lacking in all of this. And that's where my real frustration is. You could disagree with everything that I just said. And that is totally fine. But I hope that you took the time to listen to where I was coming from. And maybe that might help you think a little bit differently, maybe not. But just taking that time to listen to someone else is so important. I think it is very healthy to have discussions and to, and sometimes to get worked up because it shows that you are really passionate about what you believe in. And I admire that in people. Um, but it's not okay when it gets to the point where you get so worked up that you get angry and hold resentment towards other people who have different ways of thinking. You need people to think differently. That's how we're going to keep progressing and learning and growing. But if you shut down instead of learning, that's the problem. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of this. You don't have to agree with my takes or my opinions. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just how I feel about all of these situations. And you have every right 
to think differently, have a different opinion, to agree or disagree with me, but just trying to not let it affect how you view other people or how you treat other people. Again, it's okay to have different opinions, but that doesn't mean that that person is a bad person because they think that way. And I think that's something we all need to work on. And I'm guilty of that too. If someone doesn't, you know, think similar to me or have a different opinion, I just tend to think like, oh, they're wrong or this or that. And that's not the case. We need to be more open about everything. We need to be more calm about everything. We need to see other people's viewpoints and opinions and respect them for that. And I don't think that's so hard to do. So that, I mean, it's been a while at Olympics. I'm going to say though, I talked about in the last episode, all of the very difficult sports, um, the most difficult sports of the Olympics, water polo being number one for me. That just looks like hell. Never, ever want to do that. But the biggest discrepancy between like average people and Olympians, I would say is table tennis. Have you guys ever just sat down and watched table tennis? Like the Olympians do table tennis. I have, I, I cannot even fathom how hard they're hitting that little ping pong ball at each other. Like they are, <laughs> they are hitting it so hard and the person's like returning it, like fucking returning it. I can't even like hit the ball and get it over the net consistently. I am really bad at ping pong, but I've seen good ping pong players, table tennis players, and they're not even close to like the Olympians. That That is like the biggest gap for me when you watch like good table tennis players. It's just incredible, incredible to watch. Also, if you guys haven't seen Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart uh, commentate some of the Olympic events, go check that out on Instagram. It's one of the, or on YouTube, wherever they have it, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Snoop Dogg was talking about, I think it's called dressage. I think when the horse does the prances and just... Go check out the video and thank me later. I love the fact that they brought Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart into this and they did something different. I think that's what we definitely need. I think that sometimes commentating can be very boring. And sometimes the the ex-athlete role doesn't always fit. And I feel like sometimes it's a bit lacking. And I like that they brought in two different people and they tried something different. And it was funny. It was so incredibly funny. So that is my my recap for the Olympics and oh, there's a lot to talk about. A lot going on. I had a lot to say about the Simone Biles um, situation. I actually would love to hear your opinion on it and what you guys think. We're talking about having difference of opinion. So I always love hearing from you guys. You can email us at par at iheartradio.com or you can mes- message us on the playing around Instagram account or some other guests or people you want to have on here. I know I've been doing these single solo podcasts, but there's anyone you want to hear uh, join me or a guest that you guys really like, we would love to hear from you guys. And we're always thinking of switching this podcast up, making it better, more interesting. I know you guys have been loving the solo episodes, but uh, we're going to start getting some more guests pretty soon. And yeah. That's exciting. So I am going to rest up, try to find a hobby for 
the next podcast that I do. Um, so I'll see you guys very soon and hopefully have some good updates on all of the hobbies that I have attempted on my week off. So hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you're with. Uh, as always, thank you guys so much for your support and always listening. And I will catch you guys here again soon. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 